Are you ready? Starting now? <laughs> well, now you just messed it up, you knob. God, you know that the shit that we go through for this, huh? I know. <laughs> fuckers, fuckers better appreciate it. When we started, we were just like, yeah, we're just going to do this, man. You know, shoot our wad into the wind and see what happens. <laughs> What's right. the title of this uh, podcast again? I don't know. Objects, I don't know. Something with a penis, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> our fucking faces are everywhere now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but You're but welcome, ladies. <laughs> right. Popular with the ladies. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm not even going to apologize because I hopefully, hopefully it sounds <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, really? totally. this is this is fucking explicit now. <laughs> ah, the explicit button. Let me use my finger. <sighs> la, 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 la. It is time for another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And that episode starts now. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And we have a guest on today that we've been running and chasing for how many months now? Six months? You told us to get our <laughs> shit together first before you decided to come out? <laughs> Truth. <laughs> True story. I We were talking about, we were messaging the other day, and I, I said, uh, you know, I think it was since March or something like that. And, uh, and yeah, she said to me, she said, I'm sure I said something like, you know, get your shit together, and then I'll think about coming on. So so this right. is the... And hopefully, this, and thankfully, she came on anyway. <laughs> right, yeah, and so, yeah, so this is the type of uh, the type of guest we're dealing with, but uh, that's the that's the kind of guest we, we enjoy. So, um, Christine, welcome. Uh, we're going to let you introduce yourself real quick. Um, just a quick intro of who you are and, uh, you know, kind of where you came from, and then uh, we'll give you a little bit of a rundown of what we're going to talk about today, okay? Okay, sounds good. I like that intro. What kind of person we're talking to today? It's like a hostile witness. <laughs> right. Well, okay. you know, hey, yeah, we, we know you well enough, so we, we know what we're dealing with here. Okay. Um, okay. So, like you said, my name's Christine. I am a mother of four, and these are four little, little kids. They were, when they were born, <laughs> when they were born, they were all under age four. So, I definitely have had my hands full. And so that's actually part of why I created my page. And so I can get into that a little bit later. Um, and so now I'm just trying to live life and survive with these kids and make sure that I'm, you know, keeping myself and my mental health strong so that way my family can stay strong as well. Awesome. And, uh, and Mike, go ahead. And, uh, and I always use my little air quotes here. Um, uh, give, our, give our esteemed guest here uh, kind of a little breakdown of, uh, of what our quote-unquote format is. And then, Christine, right. before you start, I want to give a little bit of background to how we connected to you. But, Mike, go ahead about what our, what our setup is. Well, basically, you know, we want to know about what you're doing today and how you're staying sober. We all know how to get fucked up. We all know how to ruin our lives and ruin the lives of the people around us. We got that part down. We want to know about what you're doing today to make your life better. Got it. 
Yeah, and uh, and just a real quick uh, rundown. And I know I was uh, I, I teased to begin with about us, you know, chasing you for, you know, whatever it's been number of months. But um, we've we've talked about you a lot. I think you've probably been mentioned on our podcast here as much as um, anyone uh, because when when you and I connected, it was with the other name we had on on Instagram to begin with before we started this page. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as we started this page, I I started asking you just a ton of questions. <laughs> and uh, you've been I want everyone to know that this is the person that we always talk about our friend from california the chick from california um sober is <laughs> sober is a mother is her instagram page we'll have all that listed in the in the description but um seriously thank you you've helped us uh, i can't even tell you how much we were talking to some folks today about how much you helped uh get us started and even even to this day, uh, you know, I, I ask you questions every once in a while. So we appreciate you for what you've done for us. And your story, I think, is going to let everyone know what you're doing for everyone else out there. So thank you. Oh, yes, thanks, thank pal. You. <laughs> you're, you're welcome, champ. That's the other thing. She calls me pal. And they're calling her champ months ago. So, yeah, that's our we, – we have nicknames. Isn't that cute? That <laughs> oh, is cute. Oh, well, and, oh, and Mike, this is the one that – this is the one also that called us, uh, said we sounded cute together. So, yeah. Ah, mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. Well, go ahead, Chief. <laughs> Tell us your story. I call it like I see it. I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> Good. But yeah, go ahead. Go into your story and tell us tell us how you how you got to you know to where you're at. A little bit about your page and how you stay sober. Sure. So I think to to get to the part where I'm at now, I'm just going to do a quick quick background um, as to where I came from. Um, so like you said, we all know how to get fucked up and, and kind of <laughs> the places we've been and did and the shame we felt. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, mine started when I was young, it was in high school and I was trying to fit in and I just had, you know, low self-esteem, you know, lots of back, a lot of daddy issues and just background issues. And so I got into boys and alcohol and cocaine and, um, I don't know how, but I graduated high school and went straight into college, into a university. And it was happened to be Chico State, which is like the biggest party school. And so... Yes, uh, I, I went to high school in Sacramento. I know the reputation well. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, so I went to Chico and I fit in perfectly, right? So all my drinking and partying and I was able to balance school for a while. And then, you know, something happened something traumatic. And I remember the first time that I made the choice to drink alcohol. And I already knew that I was uh, going to be an alcoholic. It was just like something people told my dad told me. And it was just like, you're going to be one, you're going to be one. And so I remember the moment that I was like, well, fuck, I am going to be one because I'm about to drink this right now, not because everybody's around and having fun. I was like, I'm going to drink this because I don't want to feel. And so, ooh, I've never said that. Um, it's heavy. Um, so yeah, I didn't want to, you know, I just remember wanting to escape and I was, so I drank and I kept drinking and smoking and, you know, and from there I just kind of lost touch with everyone and everything because I was going down a different path and I had a really great boyfriend at the time and he stuck by my side and I just, ah, man, I just strung him along for so long because it was like my safe zone, right? So we have the the safety side of it, but then while I'm over here like destroying everything and he's like, it's okay, it's okay. So Mm -hmm. I guess he kind of enabled me for a while and eventually he was like, okay, I can't deal with you anymore. So so I moved along and did more fucked up things and I ended up being a bartender, which was like the ideal (laughs) job for any alcoholic, right? Absolutely. (laughs) 
So it was just a party constantly. And um, I finally, it took me a long time, but I finally graduated college. And um, I remember my boyfriend at the time, he was like, um, okay, you've graduated. Now it's time for you to stop being a bartender. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> I make so much money, you know? Right. It, it was, I mean, I would make like 300 bucks cash a night, but wow. all that money would go back into the bar. And um, right. I remember one time I had a therapist because my mom made me go to therapy. Um, uh, the lady was like, how much do you spend? And I was like, well, you know, each night I probably spend like 200. And she's like, this is every <laughs> night? I was like, well, the nights I'm not working. And she's like, oh my, how do you pay for stuff? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I just, you know, just kind of make it work and I have my boyfriend pay for things, you know? Mm -hmm. So it just kind of got messy and then, um, um, there was a time where it got so messy, where I just felt so alone and, um, I was hanging out with this other addict and he was, he was into pills, which I never really got into. I really loved alcohol. I just, there's anything that messed with it was just not for me. So no coke, mm -hmm. no, no pills. Like I just wanted straight alcohol. <clears throat> I don't know if you guys relate to that. Um, yeah. uh, Bill can I can't because I found the pills enhanced the alcohol. But go ahead, please. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm straight up. Actually, you're right. You're right. This actually goes right into what I was saying. So yeah, I met this guy. He was into <laughs> pills. You're right, and I actually did some. And I remember being in the grocery store one time, and like the pills hitting, and I was already drinking a little bit, and I was like, "Whoa, mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. is amazing!" So yeah, <laughs> soon after that. I was using a few pills here and there. I didn't really have like a hookup or anything. It was just like whatever. I worked in the bar scene, so I just kind of did whatever. But anyway, so I, this guy was like trying to get with me and I was like, no, you know, it was a late, I had a long day. I was super wasted and I just wanted to go pass out. And he was like, no, come over, come over. And I was like, no, dude, I, I don't want to come over. And so that just, you know, triggered him to say all these horrible, horrible, horrible things that, you know, it wouldn't affect me now because I'd be like, yeah, whatever, dude, you're just pissed because I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. come but back <laughs> then, right, I was like, damn, he's right. Like, I am a loser. I am a, a poor. <laughs> I am a, you know, a, a mess that nobody will ever want. And, you know, people I'm keep getting dumped left and right. Or, you know, I just I was just such a mess. And so I finally and I had been in so much pain and really felt so alone that I went home and I actually, um, I grabbed a, the bottle of pills that I did have and an extra bottle of pills that my stepdad had in his house. Cause I had moved back in with him and, um, I was already wasted. And so I drank the bottle of wine my mom had, and I took all the pills. I remember counting each and every one, putting them in. And I was like, God, please don't let me wake up. Mm -hmm. And so so yeah, I mean, my goal was to definitely end my life, to end the pain, because I was just so alone and just hurting, mm -hmm. and I had never right. felt that kind of hurt, and I was only 23 years old, and so right. I didn't know anything about life other than like, this is everything, you know, this is like your, your brain as it is thinks that this is everything about life, like I'm never going to get out of here, I'm just going to feel like this forever, so anyway, so... Well, obviously it didn't work. Um, I woke up hmm. as I was being put into the um, ambulance br briefly. And I remember asking, am I alive? And they're like, yes. <laughs> and they're like, what did you do this to yourself? And I was like, yes. 
I was like, oh, I wish I didn't wake up. I wish, I wish that this, I wish it would have worked. And they're like, what? So obviously I was put on a, you know, 5150 for a while. And mm-hmm. um, I was just in and out of consciousness for a little bit. And I came to, I went and the, the hard thing is about being a woman and in recovery or in active addiction and being, you know, a cute little blonde young thing, people don't think that you have the problem that I had. And I just felt so dismissed and I felt like nobody saw it and nobody understood. And I just really wanted someone to just like save me. Right. Mm-hmm. But I didn't mm-hmm. realize I had to save myself. I just wanted someone right. to rescue me. And so, oh gosh, it was rough. And I remember the ambulance when they took me from the hospital to the, um, I don't know what you call that place where they send the 5150 people before I could be psych released. ward. Yes, the psych, yeah, psych ward. ward. Yeah, thank you. As I, was going I, I to know the because I've been. Yeah, you know it? No, I've got the t shirt. Okay. <laughs> I should get one of those. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I remember the guy, the, um, the, I don't know if he was a paramedic or whatever. He was like, man, he's like, why are you in here? Why are you doing this? You're so pretty. Why would you do this? And I thought, you know what? Uh-huh. Fuck you, man. <laughs> uh, it just really like, how are you? Like, you don't even know. Like, what? This is so. Oh, that was like part of mm-hmm. my problem was that sure. I just was just. Oh, I was so frustrated that people couldn't see past the exterior. And mm-hmm. so, um, so anyways, I went on, I didn't stop drinking after that. I mean, I probably tried for a couple days, but it just, you know, never stopped. So anyways, fast forward many, well, not many years, let's say five years or so. I'm 27, 28. I can't remember what, how old I was 27 or 28 when I got sober. And, um, the last few months of that, I was just completely saturated with alcohol. I was, um, bartending, actually I had gotten fired from bartending um, it was just such a mess. Like I couldn't do anything. And I was right. like, they thought I was stealing, but I, I was just not ringing it in the right, you know, I just wasn't functioning anymore. And so I got fired, but I, they still let me work there cause I didn't have any money. And so they let me do like, um, um, the hostess or whatever. I'd walk around a waitress, right. I walk around the tray and basically just party all night as I was behind the bar. Um, mm-hmm. but I wasn't responsible for making drinks. So um, it was kind of like, oh man, I could get even more drunk this way. And so, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I can do this. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when I wasn't drinking and partying and pretending like everything was okay, well, I was still drinking, <clears throat> but when I wasn't partying with other people, I was drinking alone in secret. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was really hard to hide at that point because I had to drink so much um, right. I, people ask me all the time, they're like, well, how much did you drink? And I have to answer like, well, it doesn't matter how much I drink. You know, it doesn't, you can't go off of what I drank to compare because what I drank was insane, but you could still mm-hmm. just drink a bottle of wine a night and still have the, the same type of problem. So, Absolutely. so that's hard to explain to some of the people I talk to. And I do love to talk to people about that aspect of it too. But, um, anyways, um, so I was waking up in the middle of the night to have to drink because my, my withdrawals were so bad. Um, right. and I'm with, I was with my boyfriend who's now my husband actually at the time. 
And um, he was having a rocky past himself, and we just kind of were there for each other, and we accepted each other, and we're like, yeah, we're both kind of fucked up, but I love you, you love me, let's hang out. (laughs) And so Uh um, he didn't know to the extent that I was drinking. He didn't know that I was secretly doing it, Um, but I had a bottle hemmed uh, hidden under his bed and I would constantly like replace it. And so I would wake up, roll over in the middle of the night, you know, take a swig. It was a oh, cheap, warm vodka and I drink <laughs> enough so I could pass out. Yeah. So like pop off. And, um, so then I remember, I think I wrote about this in the story that I recently posted, but, um, there was one time and I, I barely remember anything. So the, the memories I talk about are like the only memories that I have. Um, right. it, it's just, it's such a bad time. And so, um, the, one of the mornings I drank I, the whole stash, I didn't have any stash and I was like, Oh fuck, what am I going to do? And like, I would, <laughs> because I have epilepsy, I already had the danger of being, you know, having a seizure. And so my body right. reacts differently to alcohol than some other people as it is. So mm. I go into this liquor store at like 6am, 7am and I'm like shaking and my whole body is like just can't can barely walk because my legs were so were shaking so bad and i go and i get the a bottle of like a grapefruit or whatever grapefruit juice and i ask him for a bottle of uh, vodka behind the counter and he's like uh are you sure you want that and they're both looking at me like what hmm. the fuck man and um <laughs> i was like just you know i don't know what i said but he gave it to me and they're like just drink the juice just drink that juice and i was like okay mm. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. And so, yeah, it's like um, a drug dealer saying you've had enough. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, what they expect. So, so I, you know, I went and I drank it and I couldn't keep it down. So I was puking and drinking and puking and drinking until I could finally stop the shakes. And um, I remember sitting there and being like, "Oh my god! Like, this is this is bad. Like, I'm gonna die." Like I, mm-hmm. my body will not take this anymore. I can't think anymore. I can't do anything. And so within that same month, it was um, Christmas season. I, my sober date is December 22nd. And mm. um, I was, remember that last night I was trying to wrap a gift and that um, couldn't. It took me all day to wrap a stupid present because I, ju- well, I kept drinking obviously. And so it was distracting, <laughs> but I just couldn't, my fingers couldn't tie the bow. I couldn't figure out how to fold it. It was just so bad. I'm one of my girlfriend, and I don't remember any of this, but my, my, one of my girlfriends came over to try and take care of me. And I guess she eventually left. I passed out. I woke up, I passed out. I don't know, something along those lines, but I was at my mom's and um, I had a room there. And so I remember waking up at one point. I don't know. I was I was hysterical and I was upset. I didn't have any more alcohol. I think I was searching for it and I just was panicking and I was like, what the, what am I doing? Like, it just hurt so bad physically, mentally. And I couldn't even think like my brain was, um, I come to find out it was like Mm -hmm. wet brain. And, um, and I was just like, oh my God. And so, um, I finally, I literally dropped to my knees and I never prayed. I didn't believe in God. I thought, you know, how could there be a God if he did this? And, Mm -hmm. um, the only time I did pray was if I wanted to die and you know, that doesn't work. So, so I was like, okay, God, okay, I'm ready. Please save me. I will do anything you know, please just help me, save me, save me. And I just kept saying, you know, save me. And, um, uh, so, and I don't know if this was a hallucination or not, but I swear to you, I saw like a shiny white, just like 
like a, like a beam of hope. Like I'd never felt that before. It was just like, I'm Catholic now, so I know it was the Holy Spirit, even if I hallucinated it. But <laughs> I just felt this courage and this um, hope that I had never felt before. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to call that number that this bright white light seems to be shining on. And it was the pamphlet that I don't know where it came from. Someone gave it to me, I'm sure, of, of, uh-huh. um, of helplines. And I called one and the lady answered. And I, I don't remember much of that either. But I do remember her saying, you know, you need to go to detox now. Mm-hmm. And I was right. like, I can't, you know, I have to work in the morning. And she's like, girl, <laughs> you work at a bar. And I was like, yeah, but I still, I can't, you know, I can't leave it. I'm opening and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you need to call someone, you know, I'll stay on the phone with you and you need to call someone or text them and tell them um, that you can't come in. She's like, because right. it's either you either go to detox and live or you go to the bar and die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, those words I will never forget. That lady I will never forget. I don't know her name or where she came from, but that lady saved my life. For sure. Well, I mean, I guess it was a combination of things, but I, I will forever be grateful for her. And she stayed on the line when I even went to go tell my mom. I had to wake her up and be like, Mom, I need help. And of course, mm-hmm. she's like, thank God, you know, she's relieved. <laughs> and, and so everyone's on the same page and we find the place to take me. And so... um I go to a detox facility and because of my epilepsy and because of how bad I was, they sent me to the hospital and I had to get all fixed up before I could go in there. And I can't tell you what my blood alcohol content was. I mean, it doesn't matter. I knew I was dying. Um, so I went to this place and I remember it was in the ghetto and you have to remember (laughs) I'm like this super like little white girl coming into this ghetto place with you know people that you wouldn't normally think that i would feel comfortable with but i did mm-hmm. i mean i these are <laughs> these were my people and i knew it right um my mom was like i can't leave you here because i was like on the couch with someone <laughs> who appeared to be homeless you know it's just i don't know and she's like i just can't i can't leave you here i was like mom you have to go you have mm-hmm. to go i have to be here and it was just like such uh, a feeling of power for me to finally say like, no, I, I got this. And so um, I just was like, no, mom, you got to go. These are my people. I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, like, this is where I <laughs> mm-hmm. need to be. And so right. she left and I stayed and they, um, I don't uh, remember what really happened. I had my own room because it was the holidays and no other females uh, were there. So I got lucky and I got my own room and um I had some pills of some sort that they were giving me that basically knocked me out during the most painful part of it. And so, um, yeah, so thank God for that. But I still, it was still painful and I still, um, it took a couple days for me to to function. And I remember the, finally the guy came in and he's like, look, you need to get up and you need to work. And I was like, huh? (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) work. So I had to clean, you know, and, and take care of the house with the other people. And they're like, okay, you're ready for your first meeting. And I was like, oh, I've never been to a meeting. Well, I mean, I had gone to them with my dad before when he was going to AA. And um, so I was somewhat familiar with the, the setup of it. And I was like, all right, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to talk. They're like, don't worry, you just sit here. And um, so I did. I just sat there and I listened and I was like, what the fuck? I've been missing all of this for so long. I could have been sober a long time ago. Right. 
But I didn't know, and, and for whatever reason, AA was so intimidating to me. Maybe it was the fact that I knew if I went, it would be real, you know, that right. um, I had to, that everyone would know and I would have to commit and that I couldn't, you know, my type A can't be a failure, so I didn't want to go and then fail. So I was like, okay, here we go. So I stuck, I was there for a few days, and then I finally was like, look, I checked myself in here. I want to check out before, because it was Christmas Day. And I was like, I want to mm -hmm. go home. And they're like, well, we don't recommend it, but you know, you, you can go. They're like, but we really want you to do like an outpatient program. So Sorry. I tried. Um, and it, the thing about it, I didn't have any money. So all the things that I did were a lot of the things that people that were forced to do because of right. um, you know, whatever legal legal mess they got into. And so the, the mm -hmm. group I was in, it was only like one other person I related with and he had a heroin addiction and both him and I were looking at each other the whole time. Like we just got it. And the other people, you know, bless their hearts, they just weren't ready. And um, it was obvious. And I was like, you know, this isn't good for me. I can't, I can't be here. This is not the right healing place. So they're like, okay, well, why don't you do 90 AA meetings in 90 days? And I was like, okay, that sounds crazy, but I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, here we go, right? And then I think I told you, uh, Bill, about the, the old timer who was giving me a hard time about my age. Right. And I was like, you know, it was, it took a lot for me to even be there. And then for this guy to come up and say, Hey, I know, you know, you're pretty young. It's your first time. It's okay. You know, you're probably going to relapse. And when you do, when you do, I mm -hmm. want you to, I want you to come back. And I was like, right. you fucking dick. I, you don't know, <laughs> you don't know me, right? Like you don't, mm -hmm. you have no idea who you're messing with, pal. Right. So I got super mad. I had such anger issues. But I used that I, anger finally. What? Right. No, I was going to well, say, I know nothing about the anger issues. I was, I was, <laughs> right. I was a little mad. And of course, you know, how do you get an alcohol to do something? You tell them that they can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no, dude, no. So I kept coming back and um, it, was, mm -hmm. it was rough. I don't remember much of it at all. Um, I mean, there's like a whole year that I've blacked out, including a lot of the AA stuff that I did. But I mean, obviously it helped. Um, so I, um, I did that for a while. I, I don't know exactly how long, but I, um, I think the biggest part of my recovery, yes, AA held me accountable that, that douchebag pissed me off enough to stay and <laughs> yep. the, the, um, just the environment was right for me to start making changes. And, um, luckily mm -hmm. I had a lot of support to where I could not work for, you know, a month while I was trying to find a job and, trying to find a job when all your experiences bartending was very difficult. So mm -hmm. I ended up getting this job as an outside sales rep. And I think, Bill, you're familiar with sales, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the outside sales is no joke. And especially this one where you didn't really need to have any experience because it's like door to door, business to business. Right. So I, I would go to territory and just go from business to business to business trying to sell them paper. Like I was literally like working from like, you know, the office that show the office. <laughs> right. Yeah. That was me except for on the street. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, so I'm like, Hey, would you like to buy some paper? And so it was, it was a lot of rejection. And mm -hmm. I think that that particular job, thank God was put in my life for a reason because 
it was so hard to deal with that rejection, things that I'd been running to, running from a long time, mm-hmm. right? So all those anger issues, all that fear of rejection, all the fear of failure, it was all being like introduced into this job and it was so hard, but I didn't really have any other options and I didn't want to give up, you know? And so um, I learned and I had a really great mentor um, and I, of course, I went to AA meetings every day after that job because otherwise I probably mm-hmm. would have drank. I probably would have. And so <laughs> right. um, it was just a lot. Um, so the, the guy that I worked for, he was pretty young too. And he, um, it was his business. So he was new. He had just been in that same role. And um, he was so good to me. And I told him right away my story. And he, I mean, there was times that we would talk and he would start crying. And it was just, this is the part I always choke up at because he meant so much to my recovery. Um, and he, mm-hmm. I don't think he knows it. <clears throat> um, yeah, we don't talk anymore because you know he moved in the business, whatever, and they closed. But um, it was just that having someone that I didn't know, who didn't know my background, who only knew me as the hardworking Christine, the one who mm-hmm. hit the ground, who never gave up, who got really good at her job, made made like top sales rep out of the region and national numbers. And it was just like, wow, I'm good at something other than drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I had always thought I was like an imposter, you know, that I only graduated college cause I snuck by and I only did this because I was a fake. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I was like, wow. Okay. This guy believes in me. This company believes in me. I think I believe in me. So I, was finally confident without alcohol. And then, so my husband and I, you know, my boyfriend at the time and I, um, I was like, look, I need to move. I need to get out of this town. I'm ready for a fresh start. Like, let's move closer to where I'm working. And I think at that job, at that time I had switched jobs cause that was such a really hard job. <clears throat> and I switched to like working for a rental car company. And so I was like, let's move closer to the airport. So that way I can, um, you know, just have easier transportation, blah, 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 whatever. He didn't want to go. And so I was like, look, man, this is my sobriety. It's either you come with me or I go alone. Right. And he, it was, I just knew like, hey, and I had the support of the AA people that were like, yeah, you, you got to set your boundaries. You got to stick with it. Like, don't, don't change right. anything for him. So I was like, dude, I got, I'm going to go. And so luckily he came with me. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, look where we are now. He's my husband. And um that poor guy, man, he's gone through it with me. It's like even sober, I'm a lot to handle. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so anyways, um, after I moved, I actually stopped going to AA meetings and it wasn't because I planned to, it was just that I was just so busy and I had, um, I actually switched jobs again. I had gotten a call from a recruiter for, um, uh, a college of the arts. I'm not going to say which one, um, but it, I got a job as a recruiter because I have my degree is in art education. And I was nice like, wow, okay. So I'm an artist. I specialize in art education and you want me to work at this art college? Yes. So <laughs> I, um, I went there and I met lots of sober people, like not that they were, you know, not reco- in recovery, but just people that didn't drink. And right. It was weird. <laughs> I was like, you guys don't drink? What do you do for fun? <laughs> ah, the mythical creatures. Yes, they do and, exist. 
right? Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> dang, can we be friends? So I mm-hmm. slowly but surely started making friends that didn't drink, and I slowly but surely unfriended people that did. And um, mm-hmm. it was, I only lived about 40 minutes away from where I used to live, so I could still see some of the people. But honestly, over time, it was just best for me to cut everybody out. So right. I did. I right. only have like one or two friends back from back then. And um, the people that I became friends with, I mean, we were doing super dorky stuff. And I never knew that there were other dorky people <laughs> out there that <laughs> didn't need alcohol to be dorky and not care. So, right. oh my gosh, <laughs> you will laugh. I was part of the cat club. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I made like these like super dorky stickers and I'd stick them on people's desks and I had like I put like a rear view mirror on my cubicle so I could see the girl behind me and we could just make funny faces I mean it was just such a great atmosphere for me to heal and to um to grow and I just I'm so proud mm-hmm. of myself for knowing when it was time to step up because I could have easily stayed in that hard job and I could have easily let it get to me and like, you know, drank eventually. Cause I think that type of job, like it could have really gotten to me. It was hard. Um, so anyways, so I went from there to all of a sudden, like getting engaged, uh, buying a house, getting pregnant. And we, my husband and I, we did IVF. So it was a big process. It was a very hard <laughs> hard 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 emotionally draining and it was like i was going through all these things that were so hard and i was like damn and i never once craved alcohol right out Mm -hmm. of all that like i couldn't tell you when it changed but i think probably when i met those people that didn't drink and i had fun without it i think right then all these other things that we handled things that would break people didn't break me and i Mm -hmm. we had our babies through ivf we, um, you know, like I said, I fixed my credit. We bought a house. Like, I, I remember the um, the mortgage broker, she's like, well, you know, one of your student loans is outstanding. You got to fix that. You got to write a letter. So they blah, 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 blah. And I wrote right. a letter, like, outlining my addiction and why I didn't pay. <laughs> like, all this stuff. It was, like, three pages long. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's like, you don't really need to say all that. I was like, no, I do. <laughs> Just no, actually, I do, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, please hear me. Hear me out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, just I need you to know I'm really not a bad person. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that everything went up. You know, everything was up from there. And then um, after we had our fourth, she was a big surprise. Um, I really struggled with postpartum depression. And um, it was really bad. I had suicidal ideations and I was just like, not again. No, like I can't be here again. Like I'm not even drinking and I'm feeling like this. My rage was just out of control. And I was screaming and yelling and just not the mom I wanted to be. And um, I was like, dang, I got to do something about this. So I found, I finally, uh, with help, I needed help because even then I wasn't drinking, but my mental state wasn't there. And I had to have help just like when we were drinking because it's, we're not in our right mind, right? Right. Yeah. We can't fix ourselves. We can't fix ourselves alone. We need help from other people to point us in the right direction. Yeah, so finally I had a few people, even like as I was posting weird stuff on Facebook, and um, I had a friend who I hadn't talked to in a long time. She called me, and she's like, Christine, can I do anything for you? And she lives in another state. 
And I was like, no, you can't do anything. And she's like, can I just like, do you have any phone calls that you need me to make? <laughs> and I was like, girl, yes, I do. I'm, I don't know why, but I, I just couldn't. I just had, I had so many things that were overwhelming. And even the simplest mm -hmm. thing of calling my therapist and canceling, rescheduling an appointment, I didn't want to do it because I felt like, oh my gosh, if I cancel this, he's going to think I don't want to heal and whatever. So she did it. Mm -hmm. And I, that, I always remember that because I was like, dude, that meant a lot because then I had that one less thing to worry about. It just took the anxiety away. And all of a sudden I was like, hey, if I delegate, this is much easier. Duh. And so then... Um, <laughs> From there, I just, um, you know, I had a therapist, I had a psychiatrist, I had um, a lot of family support. I just, um, I got involved finally when they got my medications straightened out. Um, I, I figured out that one of my seizure medications, because I'm epileptic, right. one of my seizure medications was caught, was um, a big source of the rage. So I stopped mm -hmm. that. Oh, thank God. I was like, whoo, that felt much better. And then I started being able to put pieces back together and I started getting involved in advocacy, advocacy groups and I, um, for postpartum depression. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, this is awesome. I'm talking to, um, women that have gone through the same type of thing. I'm talking to, um, people that need help. I'm talking to people that can make change. And I got mm -hmm. involved with, um, 2020 mom who they're responsible for the blue dot project, which you guys probably aren't familiar with, but women that are listening will probably be familiar with. Awesome. Um, and so I started doing things, um, here in Sacramento at the Capitol and making phone calls and, you know, trying to make a difference. And then all of a sudden, um, 2020 hit <laughs> and things changed <laughs> and I started, right. started losing it again. <laughs> and so, um, I ended up. So switching. basically you're saying before <laughs> you go too much farther, you're saying helping other people helped you. Yes. Yes. Okay. Just want, just want to make that point. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And I yep. didn't realize that's what I was doing, but right, it was. Right. And so when 2020 don't. hit and I, I had to stop what I was doing, it hurt. So then I switched and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it online. And so I created, um, at first I did, it was the quad shop mom. And it was just like a funny page and I had a vlog and I would just like talk about how it sucks to be a mom in 2020. And um, and it was, it was great, except for I wasn't really dealing with my issues. So then I went mm -hmm. um, and created Medicated Mom. And that's what, quad, um, what am I now? Sober as a mother. That's what that started at. So that same page. And um, I started posting stuff about um, like being on medication, like anxiety, anti-anxiety, anti-depression, because there's such a stigma. And I was talking about mm -hmm. that. And then I started, you know, I used it as a journal. And then I started making posts about, um, alcoholism and addiction and how that played a role in all the things in my life and, you know, right. postpartum depression and everything. And, um, people were really starting to relate. And I remember this one post that this lady commented, she's like, that's un great, but why is your handle medicated mom? <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a good point. It doesn't really make sense anymore. Does it? So I switched it to, um, sober as a mother. And then that's, Basically, when I met you, Bill, because I had just switched my handle, I just started doing specifically addiction things, and then you saw my page take off. Like so, when that when, was, and that was like the beginning of 2022, this year, then, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. So let's uh, let's pause real quick. We're going to do like a, a 60 second break here, real quick. I think this is a good place to pause for a minute. So, mm -hmm. seriously, everyone, we're going to be back in in 60 seconds. So hang on. Hey everyone, it's your friends at Sober Not Mature. Have you visited our website lately? 
If not, it's www.SoberNotMature.com. While you're there, you can listen to all of our episodes or find links to where our episodes can be played, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. We do have a blog page for some of the writings that we've done. We've got a web store where you can take a look at all of our merchandise, buy yourself a t-shirt or a hoodie, maybe even a mug. You can see our review section where you can actually leave a review or see what people have been saying about us. You can check out our sponsor page. We've got a contact page. Basically, any opportunities that we have to contact or interact with us are on our website. Also, you can buy us a coffee or you can just find other ways to support the podcast. Visit us today at www.SoberNotMature.com. All right, everyone. Sorry about that. We're back, but hopefully you enjoyed that uh, that quick little message. So what we're back to now, you had your medicated mom. Now you're sober as a mother. And that you just started as of this year, though, right? I didn't see I, that that part I didn't realize. So, okay, go yeah. ahead. So I had been doing the IG like stuff since 20, 2020, really, the beginning of 2020. And um, the, or maybe end of 2019, doesn't matter. So, um, yeah, when you re- messaged me, I think I had like, I don't know, like 4,000 followers or something. I mean, it was still a pretty good following, but it, uh, it wasn't where it is now. And I think it only started picking up when I actually started sharing, um, not just journaling, because I was just journaling before getting it out. And it was very therapeutic for me and helped me heal from my postpartum depression significantly. And then I started mm-hmm. doing more than journaling because people were relating. And so I was like, okay, well, what if I talk about like, how I fix that because people were messaging me and they're like what did you do how'd you get sober and I was like uh I went to AA <laughs> like I don't yep. know what else and so <laughs> right imagine <laughs> go that. to a meeting yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's the easiest start and you can go from there you know it's right. nothing wrong right. with trying it and that's what I tell people and it's you know because like like I said I stopped going I don't know nine months into it I didn't even get to the one year um but I kept those principles and I kept seeing mm-hmm. a therapist and I kept um, growing and intentionally growing and right. aiming for the next step up. And I wasn't dwelling on anything that was negative, right? I was focusing on moving up. And I felt like yeah. because I was so young, I had to catch up to all these other people my age and I wanted to be the biggest and best and I wanted to, you know, be this big wig somewhere. and you know, and so I had to hurry. So I hustled and I worked really hard at getting where I am now. And, um, I tell people, I'm like, you just have to want it really bad, like Mm -hmm. really bad. And so, and um, then you have to do the work, right? Exactly. So yeah. yeah. And real quick here too. And and I'm not gonna, I know how old you are and I know how long you've been sober. If you, I think it's important, and I think we think it's important. If you mm-hmm. want to share when you got sober and how, how long you've been sober and how old you are now, I think that's, and I, I, I hate to use the word inspiration, but I think it is, you know, because when people okay. get sober, young is. So it's up to you, but, um, you know, you're not, you're not an old fuck like we are, you know, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no, I'm proud of my age. I turned 40 in January, and I'm really looking forward to it because I survived to 40, and I never thought I would, so. Here we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like when I turned 50, that was, you know, everybody's like, oh, are you hung up on that? I was like, no, I should be dead. I'm glad I made it to 50. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's I, epic. 
I shouldn't have made it to my to my forty second birthday from what you know from what everyone said. And I mean now I'm I'm fifty four. I don't give a shit, you know. So right. but the but the thing of it is, and that's right. So um I hit you with the don't front thing last year because I so I met you yeah. right before your birthday. And this, yeah, this uh-huh. is Christine Mike that I hit with the no fronts, and she's like, no fronts. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and Christine Mike is the one that it, it's a drug term, of course, like I explained. But right. uh, so uh-huh. yeah, we use it all the time. But I know I hit you with that when you it's like the day before your birthday, and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna be 39 tomorrow. And I'm like, no fronts. <laughs> yeah, right? you're not <laughs> yeah. there yet. <laughs> Oh no. And you know what? Because, um, so I've been sober for 11 years. It'll be 12 on the December 22nd, but I'm not there yet. Right. But, um, right. The, the article <laughs> that was posted, um, she put on the header woman, 12 years sober. And I was like, ah, she didn't use my words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had, that's uh, okay. well, we talked about that one time too, cause I had a sponsor a few years ago that did that. Uh, saw him on a Friday and my sobriety uh, or my uh, anniversary was on a Monday and he's like, happy anniversary i'm like nope talk to me on monday man you know i'm like no yeah don't don't jinx it no yeah (laughs) yeah haven't earned it yet yeah 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 so we're we're huge proponents of that but now now next question too before you go on with your page because i think that's really interesting and again how much has blown up um but were were you the one that was telling me that you that you felt uncomfortable at AA meetings more kind of like man centric, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Okay. So, and I think that that's interesting. And I, if you don't mind, talk about that for just a couple of minutes, because we, we both got sober in Cleveland. I mean, that's where I'm at today too. And that's, we got so many female friends that, that got sober and stayed sober and are still active in AA. Mm-hmm. So you were literally like the, the first one that I had ever heard a female that said that, that, you know, that sort of thing. So it, it intrigued me, but I'm just interested uh, if you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like I said, it wasn't my intent to leave AA. It just kind of happened that way. But um, I, I didn't. So Vacaville, um, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. The noise just sounded weird. Okay. Um, so Vacaville, where I'm originally from. Um, Vacaville. What'd you say? I said Vacaville. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Depends right. on what device yeah. you're using for it to say. Exactly. Yeah. Again, um, I, I spent a lot of time in Sacramento, so I know it well. Yeah. So I grew up in Vacaville. Well, for the most part. And um, it's it's a very clicky town. And it's bigger, a little bit bigger now, and but it's still right. very, very white, very clicky, very uh, just not what Sacramento is. I love Sacramento so much. Um, yeah. And uh, so the meetings were, um, the ones that I went to, at least, were mostly full of older people. Um, mm-hmm. There were a couple young people, but I generally knew them from the bar, like if I saw them. And there was one right. in particular who kept coming, bless his heart, he kept coming back. But it was like every other day was his day number one. And I was mm-hmm. like, dude, I can't, I can't, this does not seem right. Like this, I can't socialize with this guy. He's, you know, I'd be out mm-hmm. smoking cigarettes with him because he was my age. And I was like... I don't think I relate to anyone in here because the people my age aren't really ready. And the people that are here that are super into it are at that time, super old. Right. right. I was in my twenties and, um, I don't know of any younger meetings when I was back in Vacaville, but also at the time, like we didn't have like social media, like it is now. We didn't, right. I didn't have mm-hmm. like websites I could search for. I mean, we had MapQuest. Right. So, so <laughs> right. Times were different 12 years ago. Right. 
Um, it, it changes quickly. So yeah, I didn't really relate to anybody, but it was important for me to still go. I mean, the people were nice and the stories I related to and they're very comforting and they always had my back and, um, you know, they, I started talking in the meetings and, um, I remember specifically this one lady one time coming in and she said, um, okay, it's great that you guys are all here, but you guys are just, um, you're just doing the same thing except for without a bar. This is, you guys are keep doing it. You keep coming in here. You're not living life. You're not getting out of these rooms. You're, mm -hmm. you're just coming in here, sharing stories and just living in here. And it was like, right. At first, at first I was like, what a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but then after I moved, I was kind of like, wow, she's kind of right. Like I do need to explore more and I do need to get out of Vacaville. And there is more to this than just going to meetings. And oh, so absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I say all the time, you know, I didn't get sober to sit in church basements. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, right. and that's kind of what they were doing. And the other meetings that I went to, they'd have, like, the bus full up, full of the guys from, uh, like, rehab or whatever that came to the meetings. I keep seeing memes right. on the bus. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so they would come, and then those guys would just, like, start Google eyes. And I was like, nope, not, I don't belong here. Because being mm -hmm. a young woman in those rooms, I could see that it was an issue. And I was like, yeah, why can't I get away from this? And so I didn't know of any women's meetings and I wish I had looked. Um, but the one I found that I really enjoyed was a meditation meeting. And so um, after my days at work, I'd go meditate and then nobody really talked <laughs> that much. We'd have a little right? subject afterwards, but I didn't have to really deal with anything other than finding peace. And I was like, ooh, I like this. And so then it just became right. a collection of things that I learned in the room, things that I didn't like about those people, but things that they said. And I just started putting it all together differently. And I think maybe if I had found a group of women that I related with, I would have stayed. But I think it was mm -hmm. more of the age that I really had a hard time with. All right. Yeah. Well. Yeah, and that and that was one of those things where um, I mean I know that there's a there's a ton of women's meetings in in Cleveland, you know. So and we were when we first got sober. Well, we went to uh, a meeting last night. It was our it was our home group for years, and it's men's meeting, you know. So and it just um, and a lot of people talk about that, you know, that women heal women, men heal men, and it was it was huge. Mm -hmm. It's you know I mean yeah, it's a, it seems like you it, it a point you know like well I want to be a mixed meeting and things like that. There was plenty of guys that we knew that you know, get all dressed up on a Friday night and hit whatever mixed meetings because they were, you know, going there to mess around with women. Um, you know, but mm -hmm. we, we went to we went to this meeting, you know, and it was a men's meeting. So that's what I was curious about. So it sounds like it, um, you know, once again, the it was the meetings themselves because that's what I was I was thinking in my head. Is it was it the area? Was it the meetings? Was it the people? So it was just it was interesting to me because I had never heard that mindset before. So, I mean, thank you, obviously, for going through that. Yeah, yeah I just don't think know, I have I, enough I, options. Sure. Right, right. And that's what I was just going to say, you know, we're blessed here in Cleveland because we've got, I mean, there's men's meetings, there's women's meetings, there's young people's meetings, there's gay meetings, there's there's everything here. So, you know, you will find, if you want to look for it, you will find your niche in the rooms. But again, you know, if, if you're working the principles and you're working the program and doing what is suggested of you, you don't need to go sit in a church basement every night. You just don't. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it really resonated me with what she said. But it was funny because at first I was like, dude, this lady, she's coming in these rooms and insulting everybody. <laughs> yep. and, and every once in a while, we need we need a good insult. I know we've had a couple over the years, but... Um, Mm-hmm. So, so back to your page. So you're, you're, you're posting all this stuff. And I mean, granted now you've got, you went from, and I didn't, I don't remember. I remembered I was, I was blown away by whatever number of followers that you had at that, at that time. But I mean, we had, we started from scratch. I think I, I had like a hundred on the first, the first name that I had set up and then, you know, tried to build that back. And you were one of the people that, that followed us over. And then, you know, we just kind of start doing our thing. But yeah, I mean, I started seeing your page, you know, grow and grow and grow. And it's just kind of like the, um, like the, the movie line, you know, so what would you say you do here? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm watching you. That's why I started asking you questions. How do we do this? What do we do? I mean, yes, um, we want to gain in followers. But the more important part is, I mean, I know for a fact that you you help a lot of people and your posts help a lot mm-hmm. of people and you've talked to me about the people that you help and stuff like that so um i mean it, it's up to you you can share as much as you want about that because i think it's huge yeah and that's um i think that's really when i started gaining more followers. are you saying it was me call them... was it because of me yeah it was you <laughs> okay good i just wanted to make sure <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I mean, so I don't, I don't even like calling them followers because we have a community and I usually call it a community sure. um, mm-hmm. because it really has become, you know, where people comment and I know people's handles and I, they, you know, message me and when we message them and um, there's other sober accounts that I, that I socialize with, but really I think most of the people that I talk to are people that have just regular accounts that are just regular people who have struggled with addiction or still actively struggling with addiction. And they are like, I've never felt so seen. And a lot of the people aren't going to meetings. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I always, when people ask like, what do I do? The first thing I always ask is if they've ever tried a meeting, because even though I don't go to A and I don't always think it's required, um, but I, I always recommend it because it's such a good starting point. So anyways, sure. I ask, you know, and, and plus you have to really man up to, or I shouldn't say man, woman up to, get, to go in those Person rooms. Personal. <laughs> um, oh, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, we got you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, if you can, you know, be brave, go, just go into a room. And, you know, sometimes I'll mm-hmm. tell them, like, okay, this is what to expect. And I'll break it down to like how I remember, okay, when you walk in, there's going to probably be a greeter and then you're going to probably find a chair and then they're probably going to start by saying this. And then you probably just stand up and say hello <laughs> and then sit back down and keep your mouth shut. And they're like, oh, that yep. doesn't sound hard. yeah and so it's so nice and people will message me back and say i went i went and i love it so much thank you so much and there's no better feeling than having someone message me back and say you made a difference right Mm -hmm. it's like it's like wow like all my suffering all that pain was for a reason and um Mm -hmm. it's like it's it's so humbling because it's like okay god had this path for me and um, I didn't know it at the time, but I know it now. And I still try to uh, try to just let him steer the, you know, control the wheel because I don't know where this page yep. is going or how I want to take it. And I don't feel like it's uh, the way that it's been organically grown is like, I don't feel like it needs to be a certain thing. I think I'm just helping people just by sharing my stories and sharing what's mm-hmm. helped me and by actually talking to them one-on-one because that's what takes up a lot of my time actually is when people message me and they're like, Hey, I can't stop drinking 
or if they're like, hey, I really relate to you, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, or um, my husband is having issues drinking. What do I do? And it's just mm-hmm. being there for people. And, right, um, showing up and being available. That's that's 90% of it. Yeah, and it's just like I want to be that lady that I had when I first asked for help. There you go. Yeah, and yep. so that's where I'm at, and yep. that's where the page is at, and I think people know it, and um, they know that I'm not trying to get any money out of them. I don't sell anything. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Although the, there is a lady who's like, you should sell these as bumper stickers, the post I did about <laughs> ethanol belongs in cars, not our bodies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's where I'm at now. Um, just trucking along, helping people where I can. And um, I think it's also important to know, uh, for people to know that in order for me to do this or to be successful in any of my sobriety or life or recovery or anything is to set very strong boundaries. Sure. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's always difficult because I have... I've got a lot going on. I've got four kids. We've got a million sports. I play soccer. My daughter plays like three different sports. It's just like, and my husband, you know, works full time. I've recently became a stay at home mom, which is a whole new world for me. And so it's like, okay, I had to, I started losing it for a minute um, when I was on one of my different pages and I shut everything down. I turned my phone off. I turned my computer off. I didn't post on my page. I was just like radio silence. And I was like, okay, I got to get in touch with myself. And I even, I wouldn't even turn my phone on. So I couldn't get text messages. I told my husband, I was like, if you need to call me, you call me through the, um, our dot, our echo dot. I don't want to say her name. Cause, uh, she'll, you, know, <laughs> right. you know, you right, know right, who right. I'm talking about. Right. 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 <laughs> um, Starts with an A. So I told him to call me on her. And so anyways, I think after about a week without my phone, maybe five days, it was very hard. Oh my gosh. I don't know if you want right. to feel like what you felt like before when you just wanted to <laughs> cravings. Withdrawal. Yes. Turn your phone off. <laughs> so, but after that, I was like, wow, this was very liberating. And so then I, then when I started creating my pages, I was like, okay, I turned off all my notifications. I have the mm-hmm. only notifications I have on my phone are um, my email, if, if they're VIP and text messages and uh, like one of my kids' schools app or whatever. Other, everything else, right. Messenger, well, Instagram, Facebook, nothing. No notifications right. because I want to be in complete control of what takes my attention. And mm-hmm. um, that is crucial for my recovery. And I, I could just feel it. If I start, if I have too much phone time or if I focus too much on what someone else says, I just, it, my anxiety can't <laughs> handle it. <laughs> Well, mm-hmm. you, you and I have had a couple of conversations like that. You messaged me a couple of times. You're like, okay, here's what this motherfucker said. <laughs> and then, yes. And you're like, I think I got this all worked out, but you'd get, it's like some guy said something or whatever. So you get the male opinion, uh, which I just thought was kind of funny, but kind of going back to what, what you said, and I wanted to make uh, kind of this, uh, just to, if nothing else, echo your point, because when you said about people not, you're not trying to make money off it and things like that. That was one of the things that you had said to us to begin with when when we were looking to have you on. You're like, I don't collaborate with people. I'm not looking to make money. I'm not looking at any of that. And then, uh, you know, I said, no, that's fine. I said, we're not looking at that either. We're, we were trying to, and I was honest, we want to build our page and we want to help. And if we can do it on both ends, that's very cool. And, you know, I mean, we've got our merchandise store and and that sort of thing. But I mean, we, we are looking to talk to people like you, um, to, to present you to people that we're talking to and dealing with. And, um, like Mm -hmm. I said, I mean, you're just, I, I've been telling Mike for a while. I'm like, you're, you're like a female version of us and a lot of the things you went through 
your mentality, some of your <laughs> posts. I mean, it's just, it's funny. I mean, there's some of the things you post, I'm like, Mike and I talked about that. We think that way. We do this. We do that. And that's why just, it's just, it's crazy, you know, with that. But I, I respect the fact that you brought that up right away. And, um, you know, it just, it's, it is. I mean, we, again, we want to grow. I know you're trying to grow what you're doing. And when you said the word organic and you're the one that said to us that uh, we've got a very genuine base of, of followers. And I like that fact about community because I, that's kind of what I feel about the people that we have on Instagram and, and they are. They're they're very genuine. They're cool people. We are just talking today. I don't know that we've gotten anyone that's, like, gone off on us and gotten negative about anything. And we talk some shit, you know, on our episode. Right. And, and nobody... We, are, we do have opinions. Yeah. And we've got, we've got strong opinions. And we're not trying to sugarcoat shit. We're not forcing AAN people or anything like that. We're not forcing our opinions on people. But, I mean, we do have strong opinions. And, uh, you know, our follow... Our community... You know, has been just super cool about it. So I just wanted to, to mm-hmm. say that I, uh, 100% what you said. That's exactly what you said to us. So you're you're true, and you're probably one of the most genuine people that that I've met on Instagram so far. Oh, thank you. Well, you're welcome. And it's just and it's, find, it's cool. Thank you, and I think that that goes a long way, and people can feel that, and like my words that I write, and you know the responses that I try to respond to a lot of people. If I you know if I go back on there, I. And um, just to let them know that they're seen. And they're like, oh, my God, thank you for replying to me. And I was like, this is why I'm doing it. Like, I want you to feel like you matter. Mm -hmm. And and so, I don't know. So, um, oh, oh, oh. yeah, I was going to talk about, I was going to say something. um, Because you're talking about the money thing. So I do remember I had been approached by another page that wanted me to promote their app. And I was like, oh, I was so torn because there was money. And I was like, I could make money off this. And it's a mm-hmm. really big thing. And I could get, move this to a next level. And I was talking to you, Bill. Right. And you're like, yeah, you should, you know, like, it's up to you. But if it were me, I would totally do it. You know, it was, I was like, ah, I don't know. Even my husband's like, do it. But I just, I never did. And I, I'm glad I didn't because I feel like I already have too much on my plate. And if right. I did that, I would... I am too type A, right? I would be too focused on growing the business aspect of it rather than mm-hmm. growing the community. So Right, um, right. Well, I mean, if you read the history of AA, they definitely went through that, you know, and, and they decided that they needed to have that singleness of purpose of just helping another person, helping another drunk, helping them do what we've done. You know, mm-hmm. to make our lives better. You know, if you happen to make a couple bucks along the way, great. But that's not what this is about. Mm-hmm. And and Mike and I have been, we've been approached by a few different things. Uh, you know, the people that wanted, we've been approached by guests that we've, uh, you know, turned mm-hmm. down politely. And we've, uh, mm-hmm. right. we've been approached by people that want us to, you know, hey, do this and promote that. And, you know, it, it's usually they're messaging us on Instagram. And I'm like, hey, you know, Mike's the other half of this. I'm going to get it out to him. We're going to talk about it. And he's, Mike has always been my logical side. I'm more of a, which is, I know it is, it's kind of scary, but (laughs) out of the, out of the two of us, he'll think about things a little deeper than, than I will. So I think, oh, we could do this. This would be great. You know, and he's like, nah, that wouldn't be so cool. And then he, you know, gets the logical side of things. We're not going to promote anything that, that we wouldn't use or that we wouldn't have used. So we were approached by two particular apps. One was like a meditation thing and one was this some other thing. I can't remember mm-hmm. what it was. Both, in my opinion, I think would be very cool for certain people. But 
nothing that we ever would have looked into ourselves, nothing that we ever would have right. used ourselves. So we're like, hey, this sounds really cool, but we can't we can't try to promote something that we wouldn't have done, and we won't. You right. know, and you know, to to Mike's point too, that if if hey, if we get involved in something like that, we can grow it and make it make a little bit of money on the side. Fine. If this thing grows into something bigger than both of us ever imagined, fine. But we have to keep our minds right, you know, as far as um, yeah, what are we out here for? What's our what's our purpose? We're not right. AA based. Singleness of purpose. Yeah. And we're yep. not just trying to help another yeah. drunk. And we're not AA based, but we live by the principles. And I think you know, Christine, I think you yep. said the same thing, you know. So yeah, it's yep. It it depends on if it if it feels right. That's one thing, but clearly that whatever that app was didn't feel right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and well, the stuff that you guys are have going on definitely is worth keeping going. Those shirts are awesome. I wear mine occasionally. <laughs> I don't usually wear them to like the park or anything, you know. Right. <laughs> I probably should. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. You guys, you ha- you guys have been really awesome, and um, I do I do come to you actually to calm me down sometimes. I don't really turn to anyone <laughs> anyone else. Although Shay sometimes Shay sober, I love her. I turn to her sometimes, but. Um, mm-hmm. I go uh, to you. I'm like, oh my god, this <laughs> this bitch said that I'm um, violating rule number blah 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 tradition something because I don't know these things. Right. Like I don't, I didn't, uh, study, I didn't do the step work or anything. I just listened and learned. And so they're mm-hmm. saying, you know, that I'm doing all these bad things. And I'm like, look, dude, I don't, I don't know. I'm just out there helping people. I don't follow these rules. So sorry if I insulted you. And this other right. guy was like, you're murdering people by your words. And I'm like, <laughs> <gasps> oh, <God. laughs> I was like so upset. So I've just become a master of blocking people. Right. Well, I mean, yep. you, you have to be. And you've asked me about a couple of those things and probably more, you know, again, AA questions that, um, and we're not, neither one of us are as active as we used to be when it comes to meetings. Mike goes to his home group every week. Nope. Um, the main time yep. that I'll go to AA meetings is when I'm out here and we hit one last night, uh, but we're going to hang out with sober friends tonight. I do, you know, this Instagram thing we're doing in the podcast thing, it's got me so engulfed in recovery on a daily basis, which I'm not saying that that's the, that's, that should be the choice for anyone at any point, but it works for me, you know? Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, there's still, I mean, if there's, yeah, it's uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. You, it's some rule that you were violating, which I thought was kind of funny. And I think it was the fact that, uh, I said, if you were an AA sanctioned group, kind of like, you know, if somebody questioned what we do, just cause we talk about AA, we're not affiliated, we're not sanctioned by, and we, we make that clear, but no. the, the biggest thing that Mike and I decided right off the bat, and we talked to a uh, talked about it a couple of episodes. Neither one of us want to get to the point where we have to put a disclosure at the beginning or the end that says we're not AA based, we're not this based. You know, if and right. it says right in everything that we do, we're just a couple of guys talking about recovery. Yeah, and we talk about AA because it's what we did. It's facts. You know, we're not breaking out the big book, but we'll talk about. It. We're not, you know having a general meeting we're not asking for donations we're not doing any of that stuff you know you know nope. from from an aa standpoint you know and uh it just i don't know it just people people get these lines blurred and uh we're pretty fucking clear i think but you know hey sooner or later sooner or later i think somebody's probably going to be like you guys <laughs> which is fine mm-hmm. Let them yep. the, 
the bigger you get, the bigger you get, the more haters you get. Right. Well, we were talking about, uh, and we, we just did, uh, and this will be promoted in the next couple of days, but we just did something today for the, for the podcast and for another uh, couple of group of people that Mike and his girlfriend know. But we were just talking to him about that. That's like, uh, I mean, part of me, I, uh, it's not that I can't wait, but, but hey, when we get haters, that means we've, you know, I don't want to say arrived, but that means we're doing something right. If somebody hates you, you're, do, you're doing something yep. right. You know, so, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's fine because that what what we're doing is trying to help people. If you want to hate us for doing that, then fine. Fuck you. Go someplace else. Go. It's fine. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, yes. bring it on. And we, we tell people we said we said that on these episodes before it. It baffles us because we know we've been told by by people, Mike's girlfriend included, um, that we've got normies and people that are not necessarily lined up with our our thinking and the fact that they listen to us blows my mind. I'm like, why would you listen to us? Thank you. But <laughs> I, I mean, why? Why? <laughs> but I'm like, eh, maybe, maybe they're on the edge. Maybe they're on whatever. Let them listen. If we can help somebody, it doesn't matter. Doesn't right. matter at all. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, I mean, that's and that is the bottom line. Yeah, you know, that, <laughs> I will quote the big book here. <laughs> Alcohol is but a symptom. You know, we've got other issues, man. And 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 by practicing these principles we're making ourselves better people and and therefore helping people around us that's all that fucking matters yeah absolutely okay yes i'm glad you said that mike that alcohol is a symptom yep. because there's a, a on my page specifically especially on mm -hmm. one of the posts i just posted people go back and forth on that and get very defensive of it about alcohol as a symptom versus alcohol being an addictive substance. And, uh -huh. um, it, the more that I'm doing this, the more, and you know, like, like Bill was saying, like I had never really been this immersed in this community up until I started doing this page. It's like my whole mindset mm -hmm. has completely changed. But anyways, so I was like, um, so people are, have both, views some believe in both which is me i think both can be true sure. at the same time um mm -hmm. while other people are very much like alcohol is a system or, or you know is a symptom like that's it you are an alcoholic like when you're born and it's a disease and and it's mm -hmm. like okay you know that, that's i don't know and so then i read um i've been reading um quit like a woman i don't know if you guys have read that and she's very, <laughs> i've heard of it she's very uh, against have, yeah she's very against i have not um, uh -huh. Uh -huh. but what she, the, some of the stuff she says, I'm like, oh, okay, there's something to that. And it, I think a lot of it is the women aspect of it and about how AA is or was very male centric. And right. um, some of the stuff she brings up are good points about like women, um, you know, cause you're supposed to, you know, admit your faults and that you have all these character defects and that you're, mm -hmm. you know, that you're just messed up. But she was saying, right. as women, we are raised to think we have character defects. We are never good enough. We have to mm -hmm. be. We have to rise above the men. We have to. We have to work hard because we're already fucked up. So I was like, yeah, maybe that's why AA didn't feel quite as right to me because I was like, I already think I'm fucked up. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I already know this. <laughs> I know right. I'm not yeah. perfect. Well, you know. <laughs> So. Whatever. I, I have testicles and I was raised that I was fucked up already, too. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just goes. It, it, it's interesting to me to have to see these different points of views. And so mm -hmm. I just wanted to bring that up real quick that there's and the people who believe that alcohol is just an addictive substance and that's just what it is. And they just happen to become addicted to it. 
I understand. Uh-huh. I understand their point, and I don't know because I'm not. That's not me. Right. I have an addictive personality, right. and I could be well, addicted I mean, to anything. I've, you know, uh, my ex-wife and I did heroin together several times. Um, she is not a heroin addict. I am. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, heroin is an addictive substance. She did it several times. She was never a heroin addict. You know, mm-hmm. I. Heroin is just a symptom of my selfishness and my self-centeredness. And I firmly believe that, and I always will. You know, alcohol is an addictive substance. So what? So is pot, so is coke, so is whatever. It's all just a symptom of me trying to feel good all the time and running away from my responsibilities. Right, yeah, that's how I am as well, and I I get it. But I also think that the other part can be true where people... Like, especially moms these days, um, you know, where they're constantly being, alcohol is being pushed on us and promoted to us in a different way than it is. It's never been before. And uh, big alcohol, I do believe, is marketing. Uh, they're coming for us. <laughs> and so, um, but we're, yeah, they're, they're, but we're they're coming it. for all like, of the us. The women are with it and they're all about it. And they're taking me like, yeah, wine mom, let's drink at all these meetings and blah, blah, blah. And so it's a very right, right. dangerous culture. For women in general, um, whether they have a problem with addiction or not, because like you said, I mean, it is an addictive substance and it does provide relief and it could be like, whoa, someone who never really had addiction problems before is like, okay, yeah, this is easy. I'm just going to keep turning to alcohol. This is easy. And again, people, have, have you watched a football game and seen the commercials? Right. Right. Yeah, they're going after men too. <laughs> yeah. What'd you say? <laughs> they're going after men yeah. too. Oh yeah, they well, they have been. That's the thing. Right. They have been for a long time, and there wasn't all these yep. fruity drinks and whatnot. So they're they're widening, they're broadening their. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so it's a it's just a different outlook, and I I try to respect the people that that do believe that and um, the people that don't, and I think that both can be true, and it just really irks me, though, when I have people fighting on my page and saying, no, you're wrong, like, no, you're wrong, and it's like, I have to chime (laughs) in and say, listen, you both can be right. No, this is all. And you can both be Nobody wrong. knows each other's brains. We're all different. We all react differently to chemical substances, and we all have different backgrounds and different weaknesses, and so I try to keep the peace but sometimes I, like i said i tend to block people yeah <laughs> yeah right and sometimes i say you guys want to fight go ahead <laughs> you know i look for the similarities not the differences yeah, yeah and that's uh i mean thankfully I, I don't even think i'm trying to think if we've ever even had we probably had a couple of people you know kind of go at each other a little bit on our on our instagram page but um but that's the same thing you know the, the bigger that you get the more activity you get the more different you know mindsets of people and things like that and and it, and it is the more assholes you get <laughs> yeah that is that is 100 percent absolutely true so um yep. and we're a little over like an hour and in, in 10 right now and, and christine it's up to you oh, did shoot. you have questions you want to ask us or are you good with what you want to talk about you want to talk more about your page we want we want you to focus on what what you're doing more so questions for us are probably not as important as is what you want to talk about or wrap up with but it's up to you no i just think um i mean the questions that i had are just kind of things that we've even gone over you know like 
Well, actually, you know, I did want to ask though. So when you guys went to rehab, because my experience is different than that. I, I was like desperate. I got to go to detox. I'm going to die. I, it was like, I was very mm. passionate about it. But I, I think, uh, my, or Bill, you had mentioned to me once before, maybe I'm wrong, um, that you were still in denial when you were in rehab. Oh yeah. Is that, am yeah, I right? 100%. I okay. mean, I was, I was taken to detox, told that that was my only choice, taken to the sober living facility, didn't want to be there, super fucking angry. Um, and that's what Mike and I met. So, I mean, he actually, I can, all these stories that I tell could be, I mean, half the time he's just like, mm, yeah, yeah, you were. It took me probably nine <laughs> months to, to come into my own with realizing that I wanted to, to be sober and stay sober. But Mike, on the other hand, you came in a little bit different with that. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, it wasn't my first rodeo. So at that point, I, I knew there was a solution. And I finally admitted to the fact that I was going to have to work for it, that it wasn't going to be given to me like everything else in my fucking life was given to me. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, so um, I, I was ready to do the work that I knew was necessary to change my mindset so I could live in this world as a sober person. Um, yeah, but, you know, I, so I was ready to do the work at that point. Um, but there were plenty of times before that where I wasn't. I, I, you know, again, as a taker, I expected the world to get me sober or better yet, teach me how to drink and not fuck my life up. Mm-hmm. And that didn't yeah. happen. Imagine that. Well, and, and you know what's funny, too, is yeah. that, uh, that I, and I say it now, I didn't realize it at the time, but like uh, the, the number one, well, the, they say the only requirement for AA membership is the desire to stop drinking, which is a, a really low fucking bar. Um, but I, I right. didn't fulfill that requirement and I didn't, I, I knew it sort of, but um, I just, I stuck around long enough. But the, the thing that is, and the reason that I bring that up, and the reason Mike and I have talked about those things so much is that even though it wasn't, again, it's his first rodeo, like he said, you know, at the time that he came in and the episode number four explains that a lot. We talk about when we first walked into uh, the Keating Center, which is where we got sober, and he was all fucking rainbows mm-hmm. and flowers. And I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, fuck <laughs> this and fuck you. Yeah. And you definitely were right. not. Yeah, and it was just, it was, <laughs> and it was this stark difference. But you know what? It it didn't, the, my whole point with that is that for people who don't let that requirement, if it is, if you're thinking about it, and even if you're forced to go in there, we've got plenty of people. It doesn't matter what brought you here. It doesn't matter, Christine, what brought you there, what brought me there, what brought Mike there. I mean, all these years later, we're, you know, we're, we're at the same place, you know, so it's cool. You know, it's just all, all you got to do. What did he say? They, they say, bring the body and the mind will follow, you know, was the biggest thing we heard, you yep. know, so. Yeah, I was just curious because I have people ask, you know, it's usually like significant others or, uh, you know, something like that. And they're like, okay, well, they're committing to go to rehab or this is their third time going to rehab. Like, what do I do to get them to, you know, all that? And that's like, well, you can't really do anything, right? right? But, yeah, exactly. but that's why that's I was, our answer. You can't do a fucking thing. Some kind of, what? Guys, yeah, that's that's the answer. You can't do a fucking thing. <laughs> They've yeah. got to do it. Yeah. But I was hoping yep. to give them, you know, some kind of like, okay, well, <laughs> that, well, my friend Bill here, he went to rehab. He didn't want to be there, but yet somehow he got sober. Mm-hmm. So I guess I would just want to say, okay, if they keep going to meetings or if they're dedicated to it, like, what do you think I should say to those people other than Honestly, anything? Right. Well, yeah, someone that 
that isn't that person, there's nothing they can do. Um, you know, the example, we've talked about it on here before, um, our friend Tony, um, he, his wife went in, they were running partners together, and, uh, you know, she said, I can't be with you anymore. They've been married for a long time. And, um, and her sponsor said, you got you to gotta put this guy to the side. You can't have anything to do with him. And she told him that, and he came into the rooms, and he started doing the work to prove that this thing didn't work. He was like, I'm going to work the steps to the best of my ability and show you fuckers that it doesn't work. He's uh, nine years sober now because he did the work and not oh, leaving really? it. Doing, oh, that's a funny doing story. It completely, yeah, that's doing good. it completely out of spite. He did the work. He took the actions. And, and that's part of mine, too. You know, I'm an atheist. I pray every day. I take the action even if I don't believe in it, even if I don't think it matters, even if I don't understand it. I do what they tell me to do, and <laughs> guess what? I get the results. I'm sober. I have peace and serenity that they promised me. Fucking cool, man. <laughs> so my question then for you, Mike, would be, so if you're an atheist, I'm a Catholic. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm right, not judging. Right. I'm not, I, that's the reaction I had when you said. That's the reaction I had when you said you were a Catholic. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. But you know, I recently converted to Catholicism because okay. it, it has so much structure that I needed. But anyways, right, yeah. um, so the so if you're praying, which is wonderful. Now, do you think yep. it's more because it's um, like a meditation kind of, or like why do you think that's helping you? Um, I, you know, yes, that's part of it. Uh, part of it for me is a reminder to myself every day of exactly what I am and that I need to do things to arrest that my nature. Um, and uh, again, you know, don't need to completely understand it. It's something they told me I have to do. So I do it. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, and that's even with religion. You don't, you don't have to understand right. it. You just got to right. be there. <laughs> yeah. Show up and yeah, do the and, work. And, and with yeah. me, I'm, I'm like right in the middle. So for, for everyone that's listening, you got all three extremes. You got an atheist, you got an agnostic, which is me. And you got somebody who's, you know, obviously on from basically what you're saying on, on the Catholic side of things. So you get in, in all of us are, I mean, so you're 11 years sober. You're, you're not that far behind us. You know, so again, the same thing. We try to tell people that all the time is that, you know, hey, uh, you can come into this thing without having that. People get worried about this whole religious thing. I bring Mike up all the time, and then I'm like, we got we got true religious people that we know. We got people like myself in the mm -hmm. middle. We got you know atheists on the other side. This thing works if you do. To, to Mike's point, it's the it's the action that that helps me included, but you know, obviously more so on his end. So so yeah, it's kind of it's funny how that works. Yeah, and um, I am listening on audiobook uh, the Russell Brands recovery. Oh, sure. Yeah, you, I don't know if you have you ever you guys mentioned that read or listened you to mentioned that? it to me, but I haven't. Yeah, well, I like an audiobook because his voice is so sexy. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's that's what I was I looking listen for. All day. That's what I was looking for too. <laughs> so the book's probably good for you guys. I actually have both. I have the book and the audio version. But um, he was talking about that his sponsor or the one that introduced him. I don't know if it's. I think it's his sponsor, but um, that mm -hmm. he's an atheist as well because he was like the same thing like i don't know i'm not gonna be in there praying and all this other stuff and but when he was talking about um a higher power he learned that it was any loving source anything that would that if it's the universe or whatever it is something that's comforting and loving and that's bigger than right. you 
And right. um, I was like, Something yeah, positive. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. So I, that just stood out to me because he learned that through his atheist sponsor. Yep. Yeah, and that's exactly what, what we were told right off the bat. You know, just just realize that it wasn't us. I mean, Mike had uh, Mike was the the term love, and it was a Beatles song, and it was all these different things. And I just had to realize that it wasn't me, and I developed something over time. That's all that it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very cool. Well, I think that's all cool. the the questions I really have that are relevant. Okay. Well, and, so. and like I said, I mean, I obviously we wanted to give you the opportunity to to talk about um, you know in a great conversation. I mean, especially I'm glad you went through the the progression with your with your page too and your story. Um, you know, if uh, if anyone if anyone's listening and things like that, we just reposted a link to it. But uh, go on Christine's page; she's also got a link to that that article that was posted about her, and that's her whole story, top to bottom, right? If I'm uh, for the, I mean, what would fit into <laughs> a couple pages? Right, <laughs> but it's, but right. it is, it's a nice detailed thing. And I mean, if people, we always tell people, hey, uh, we usually don't go through our entire stories, even when we've been, we've been on two other podcasts as guests. We're like, go listen to episode one, go listen to episode three. We've talked about it endlessly, you know. But, but it's a great yep. place, and I know that uh, from what it sounded like, you hadn't shared that too much. So, uh, the other thing is, I will put in. The episode description, obviously, a link to your Instagram page. Um, well, you know, obviously, we'll we'll promote you on our page and stuff like that. But um, I always tell people if they're not that following following you, they should. And after listening to this, they should follow you. There's even more reason, I guess, to follow you. So, but uh, but yeah, it's been great. Uh, I think it's. I'm, I'm glad you went through all that information. I think it. I think it fit together fine. So. I know. Hopefully, I didn't talk too much. Like in the middle of, it, I was like, ah, I feel like I'm talking too much, but I just. It's hard not to explain how I got to where I am with right. telling them how bad I was because people are like, it's mm-hmm. impossible. I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> right. No, I mean, I don't, I don't so. think, I don't think you talk too much at all. And you had the, I, in, in my opinion, I hopefully Mike, I think Mike feels the same way as that because we've, we've had, you know, um, obviously talked to a lot of people over the years, but you know, relatively few number of guests. But it, and it is, it's difficult to, to bust this stuff up into all these different things. Um, but no, he didn't talk too much, and we went, we went a little bit longer on on other episodes too. And uh, you know, we've got the right amount of information and the right person. I mean, we can probably sit here and talk to you for another hour, but we don't have time. So you know, hey. Right. I know. It's so nice to actually talk to you in person versus like the paragraph conversations <laughs> on Insta. Yeah. Well, I, I'm th- thank you for, you know, for finally, uh, and I'm just uh, like I said, I kept, I kept mentioning you on the podcast being like, I'm going to keep, we're going to get her on sooner or later. We're going to get her on. You're like, you're like, when I have time, mm-hmm. when I have time, when I have time. Yeah. Well, you know what? This is a very big deal. I have never been on anyone's podcast really? before and I probably won't go on many in the future. Yeah. Because um, I have like, I don't know, I don't have like a, a fear of public speaking, but I just, I was so traumatized by this one time where it was like live streaming in front of a, it was the 2020 mom thing and they're national and I just, I froze. Oh, so embarrassing. I'll never forget it. So I was like, I don't think I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> I can't, I don't want to embarrass myself. So it actually, you know what, you guys made me feel a lot better and about everything. So good. thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's it, part of the reason why we why we stick to audio only too. <clears throat> Excuse me, because yeah, I, I find it more comforting. You know, we're just talking. We're just three people having a conversation, yeah. and eventually some other people will listen right. to it. Yeah, Mike and I. 
Well, Mike Hopefully. and I joked about that too because we've had a couple of people tell us that came on that they were nervous, and I'm like, just we're all just we're having a conversation. Don't worry about it. We're talking. You know, that's all we're that's all we're looking at doing, and it uh, I, again, it feels a little bit more natural that way. So, so good. Well, I'm glad that you weren't like freaking out and you didn't like pass out or something like that in the middle of this from from nervousness or anything. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> it worked. It worked. We're good. <laughs> so. Anything else nope. that you want to um, to get out there? Anything else before we wrap up, or, or are you good? Um, I don't know. Other than wish me luck on my game tomorrow, I have a really big soccer game. <laughs> well, yeah, good good luck on good luck on your life and your four kids and all the all the stress and hassle. But I know. also good luck on your soccer game. <laughs> Thank you. And that's, you know, that's one other thing I want people to know is that you are never too old to get back into sports. And if you are, you know, if you're struggling with early addiction or, you know, with the early recovery and looking for things, get into a sport because it is so, it's addicting in a good way. Like the endorphins right. are oh, amazing. Sure. Okay. So. Yep. That's all. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. <laughs> all right. So you know, have, have you? And I know you've listened to bits and pieces. Have you heard of uh, how we end our episodes recently, or no? Okay, because no. Mike gets a little. Mike gets a little mouthy here, but you. I think you'll laugh at it. But uh, first of all, I always ask him. I'm like, Mike, anything else on your mind? Not a goddamn thing. <laughs> All right, so so Christine, <laughs> you and I are going to sit back. We're going to get get quiet for a minute and let Mike close us out. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Christine, thank you very much for coming on and talking to us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Sober Not Mature. As always, be kind to each other. Be good to each other. Do something nice for somebody else this week. And please, please, fuck off. Then keep fucking off. And keep fucking off till you get to a gate with a sign on it saying, you can't fuck off past here. Climb over that gate. Dream the impossible dream. Keep fucking off forever. <laughs> okay, so I've never heard that, but that was yeah. We started uh, so that ah. that particular ending. Our sister gave us that. It was a it was a meme that she sent us a few weeks ago. But yeah, he's done the fuck off thing for probably since episode five or six, I think. But uh, I love it. I love it every yep. every single time. So all right, with that, Christine, wonderful, um, wonderful having you on. Thank you again very much, Mike. I love you, brother, and we'll talk to you soon. Love you too. Yes, you will, because you're in the next <laughs> yeah, room, asshole. Yeah, this, I always say that to him, but literally, I, I could open the door and then I'll be able to see into his room too. So yeah, we're right across the hall. <laughs> yeah. Aww, how cute. cute it is. It's just, it's just, it's just yeah. fucking adorable. <laughs> yes, All right, is. guys, thank you again. Thank you. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. To access all of our content and interact with us, please visit our website, SoberNotMature.com. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you soon.